Colombia, Brazil, uh, France. No, so it is eight. Um, uh, and no, France, France for me, I came to France to be here permanently. And it's, it's always kind of, when I say permanently, people don't really know how to take that. So I often say, it's a bit morbid, but I often say, I'm going to die in Lyon. Um, Mesdames et Messieurs, bonjour. I'm Sam, your host for the Expats in Lyon podcast, an English podcast by expats for expats about the beautiful city of lights. Those first walks around the new city can get a bit lonely and filled with wonder. On this show, you will meet your new friends who, just like you, left part of their lives to start a new adventure in the capital of gastronomy. By alternating between interviews and interesting stories about the history, legends and myth of Lyon, I hope to answer most of your questions. Are you ready? Hello, fellow listeners, and welcome back to the Expats in Lyon podcast. I hope that you enjoyed episode one and that you are ready for more. Episode two features Walter Hampton, who is not your average expat. In this episode, you will learn where he lived before landing in Lyon, why and how he got to the city, as well as his first impressions and challenges. There's a famous quote that is attributed to Napoleon that says, If you want something done well, do it yourself, which is why Walter has decided to start his own amazing expats community. Keep listening to find out more about it, how to get into it, and which types of events he organizes. Now, before we get into this episode, I would like to point out two things. At some point during the episode, I refer to the in-city building as a skyscraper. I don't know why, but the word building just escaped my mind. I apologize for that. The building is 120 meters tall and is 30 meters shy of being called a skyscraper. The, the second thing that I would like to mention is that I talk about two friends that have made my first year in Lyon much more bearable. However, I did not name them, so I would like to take this time to give them a shout out. The first one is Fred, my first and closest friend in Lyon, who has played a massive role in me enjoying and eventually falling in love with the city. If he wasn't here during these first few months, I might have hated every second of it. The second friend is Alex that I have met through Fred. We connected over our love for board games and we still have occasional board game nights. This being said, um, let's jump right into episode two. Good evening, fellow listeners. Welcome back to the Expats in Lyon podcast. I'm sitting here this evening with Walter. So Walter is uh, an American that has been living in Lyon for the past 2.5 years, so two and a half years. He's the organizer of several expats events. That's actually how we met, and you might have heard of him before this. And he has lived in eight countries in the past eight years. That's pretty impressive. Walter, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Sammy. How about yourself? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you for accepting to do this You um, early in the show. I really, really appreciate it. But now I'm in intrigued. Um, eight countries in the past eight years. 
Can you tell us a bit more about that? Which countries did you live in? Uh, yeah, so I lived in, um, I started in China. Well, I started in the US. Yeah. Um, because that's where I'm from, obviously. Uh, then I moved to China, uh, Thailand, Germany, Mexico, Colombia, uh, Brazil, and now France. So that's nice. actually. And what, what was the reason for uh, all these changes? Uh, it was a myriad of things. Um, I mean, first of all, I wanted to learn uh, a few different languages. So um, I moved to Germany to learn German, uh, moved to Mexico and Colombia for Spanish, moved to Brazil for Portuguese. Um, and others were for skills acquisition. Uh, acquisition. So I moved to China to um, become an English teacher. My background's in mathematics. Um, and I moved to Thailand to uh, become a scuba diving instructor. You scuba dive. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We have yeah. to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. So the personal development really drives um, these decisions. And on the side, you kind of teach English. But what really, really intrigues you is this, this learning new things and new languages, from exactly. what I understood. And a question I always get asked is, well, do you have a favorite country from, from these eight countries? Is there a one that stood out more than others? Mm. I would say, well, one that I, I don't know if it was my favorite, but one that stood out for sure was Brazil, because uh, I li lived in Rio. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredible city. I mean, you have the you have uh, beautiful nature and hikes, you have the beach, you have nightlife, you have, um, you know, if you want to start a business or do, you know, uh, kind of business stuff there, you can do that. I mean, it's just got about everything. Yeah. And it, I was there during New Year's Eve and Carnival. So it's, I mean, those two parties on their own in Rio are, it's an insane atmosphere. I can imagine. I've never been to Brazil. Um, the only country I've been to in South America is Colombia because I'm half Colombian. But that's about it. Um, I re I'd really like to visit Brazil. Um, I grew up supporting them at the World Cup. Okay. but I've never been there. Um, well, that's, that's great. And you said after all these countries, so France would be number nine? No, France, sorry. So it's actually seven altogether now that I think about it. Uh, I don't think I miss any. US, China, Thailand, Germany, Mexico, Colombia, Brazil, uh, France. No, so it is eight. Um, uh, and no, France, France for me, I came to France to be here permanently. And it's, it's always kind of, when I say permanently, people don't really know how to take that. So mm -hmm. I often say it's a bit morbid, but I often say I'm going to die in Lyon. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm dead set on uh, staying here permanently. And, uh, I don't know how you felt, and this is also a question, but uh, after moving around to so many countries, I got to the point where it felt like I could kind of disappear in that city and no one would notice. You know, you, you go through this cycle of you meet people, you take the time to go out with them, you know, one-on-one -on -one and, and build friendships, and then 
you say bye. And mm -hmm. a lot of the people you probably won't stay in contact with, you might not ever see again. And this kind of revolving door of people, uh, I got to the point where I said, okay, I need a place to call home. And I chose Liam. I, I agree with you. And the problem when you start seeing a lot of countries that you set the bar very high, you start comparing to other countries. And, right. and I, I never knew stability. Every two years, I would change countries. I would change schools. Um, it was tougher than changing countries when I'm an adult. I was I was really breaking my routine every every two years. But this is the first place besides Lebanon, obviously, where I feel like I want to stay. I want to invest. That I want to I want to stay here, as you're saying. And it's a very very weird feeling for me because besides Lebanon, um, I never felt that way about a city abroad. So I totally understand what you're saying. It makes me happy that that you feel the same way because I've met people that just are indifferent um, to Lyon. So, well, how did you get to Lyon? Let's let's talk about that. It, I mean, it was, um, I came actually came from Brazil, not directly from Brazil, but Brazil was the last country I stayed in. And um, oddly enough, um, when I moved to Brazil, because I had, I was coming from Colombia, I took Portuguese classes in Colombia, said, I'm going to learn Portuguese. I probably need about six months. I already speak Spanish. I moved to, to um, Brazil and I um, didn't, I was at the end of this kind of journey of bouncing around from country to country, but I was like, I'm already so close to Brazil and Portuguese. I might as well just do Portuguese and then, you know, get on to French. And I remember I bought my ticket to Carnival and I went with some people that I had, you know, acquaintances, I, I wouldn't really say friends. And uh, I went to uh, Carnival. I was, you know, kind of sitting there and it was like 30 minutes before the, the parade was gonna begin. And I was staring at the back of this person's head and I turned to the people I was with and I said, I'm going to go now. Like, I just, I didn't even see the parade. I mean, I was just so burnt out at that point that I was like, okay, I need to find a place I can call home where I feel yeah. like, you know, I, I have a, a community of support. I have friends. I have people to celebrate birthdays with, celebrate mm -hmm. uh, holidays with, people that I can talk to and share, have deep conversations and so um, I was like, well, I'm the, this is going to be the next place I move to is going to be the last place. And uh, I, I knew I wanted to move to France because I wanted to learn French. Mm -hmm. And I also knew I wanted to live in Europe. And France is very central. And so um, I had this great idea of moving to Paris. And everyone I talked to, people who lived in Paris, people who were from Paris, people who had visited Paris, people who had friends and family that stayed in Paris or lived in Paris. They all said to me, that is a horrible idea. Don't <laughs> do that. And so after enough people normally, you know, with ideas like that, you, you kind of just brush it off and do what you want to do anyways. But um, yeah. after uh, enough people said that, I said, okay, well, where should I move then? And a lot of people suggested Lyon. It's like a petit Paris. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, so uh, I you know went back to the states, arranged my visa, and then uh, I think a month later I was here, and uh, haven't haven't gone uh, haven't left uh, Europe since so far. So uh, yeah, did uh, was it the first time you come to France, or you had visited before? No, first time in France. Very first time. Okay, and yeah, yeah. did you know anything about Lyon at all? Because I came here with, like, uh, I used to hate Lyon before I came to Lyon. Okay. Um, I explained it in the very first episode, episode zero, which is called The Story of Me. It's already on, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But okay. I used to hate Lyon because of, of soccer. They used to eliminate Real Madrid every single year from the Champions League. And so I just hated Lyon. I didn't know anything about it. And a person, a colleague and friend of mine suggested I, I move to Lyon. And I was really not happy about that. And I got here, really, it took 30 minutes and I was in love with the city. And I'm like, no, I, I can live here. I can definitely live here. Okay. Did you have any expectations? Cool. Did you Google it? Did you know anything about Lyon? I mean, for me, uh, I, I did some I Google searches of and, and found out that, uh, you know, um, at least marketing wise, Lyon is the stomach mm. of uh, the stomach of France. You know, so many it's the densest uh, has the densest amount of restaurants and bars per capita. Mm -hmm. Um And I mean, other than that, I didn't know a ton about it. I knew it was central to a lot of other places in France. I knew that um, it was, you know, you can, you can argue back and forth about whether it's the second or the third biggest city, but I knew yeah. it was a big city for France. And uh, yeah, but that's pretty much all I knew about it. I didn't have any other information other than that. And I didn't know anybody before I got here. Okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. And and did you have a plan or you just decided that you want to move to Europe, you want to move to Lyon, and then you'll figure it out when you get here? Basically, I mean, I, I work online, so um, the job situation was uh, figured out. But yeah, I mean, I, I rented an Airbnb that was ended up being um, in student housing in the 8th. <laughs> um, and Uh, you know, I just started and I had no idea how to find an apartment or anything like that. And I just went to, uh, you know, a couch surfing meeting and then ended up finding somebody who was renting out a room. Um, oh. So that was my first first place. Um, and, you know, I've kind of done that in the past. Mm -hmm. I just kind of turn up in a place and decide, okay, I'm going to find a job. I'm going to find, you know, a place to live, things like that. That's that's really nice. I, I always have to plan it out before I go, but I like this sense of adventure and, and <laughs> you're well connected. So, I mean, I, I never thought about couch surfing when I get to a place. I mean, couch surfing for me is good to like find, um, meet people. But then when you meet people, this is the power of networking. You end up getting deals and knowing about things that are not online. And right. if they already met you, it's easier for them. I mean, if they like you, they'll tell you they have a room to rent. And it takes because you don't want to you don't want to be wrong about a roommate. <laughs> that's, right, right, right. That's the worst 100%. thing that can happen. Um, okay, that's that's very interesting. And so, what struck you the most when you got here? What idea did you have about France, about Lyon or Paris that didn't really live up to the expectation? Or what other differences did you see compared to other countries that you lived in? 
Well, I mean, there's the 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 stereotype of uh, French people being rude, mm-hmm. and I didn't find that at all. Um, in my opinion, uh, that's not happened to me personally. I don't know if it's because of I've got this smiley American personality <laughs> or what. Um, but I found uh, I have five French housemates, and they're all super nice, super friendly very polite. Um, and everybody, more or less, everybody I've come into contact with has been nice in general in Leo. I, I guess I wasn't expecting it to be, it, it's a city that feels, it's big, but it feels small, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's, like you don't get lost in the mix and that you can find your way really easy. Uh, everyone knows it's a very walkable city. I wasn't expecting it to be so, I guess, easy to navigate if that makes sense yeah that when when people when people visit me um that's the first thing i tell them like when my friends visit me i'm like it's very easy you have four reference points that are in every direction so you're either going towards the croix rousse hill or to confluence in that axis or you're going towards fourvière or pardieu and your visual reference point is really the the skyscraper um, of uh, near the Alpol Bocuse. So yeah. if you just you stand anywhere, you look, you have the Fourvière that you can see from anywhere near Lyon. You know that next to it you have the Croix Rousse, and that on the other side you have Confluence and Pardieu. So it's impossible to get lost unless right. you really leave the Presqu'île, the Troisième, Sixième, and Vieux Lyon. I mean, if you go towards Vénitieux and Villeurbanne, okay, you might. But even there, the skyscraper, uh, you can always see it. So, yeah, I get exactly what you mean. And very walkable. Um, sometimes you walk more than, uh, I mean, you walk an hour tops and you get anywhere. So the very yeah. first year in Lyon, I didn't take the metro once, the tram once, nothing. I used to walk, walk, walk. And that's what I loved about it. Um, and your friends are either here or there when you're going out. There's not a million different locations where they might be. And that really helps me because when I go to Paris, where I have a lot of friends that moved there, if I want to see both in one evening, it's impossible. I have at least to commute for 50 minutes. Uh, Here, they're either here or there, to the Terreau or Broteau or whatever. But anyways, I can do many things in in one evening, which is not possible in bigger cities. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Um. And about about uh, the rudeness, I think that this is what I was trying to say about Paris, is that tourists go to Paris and that's what they get. Uh, they get that, um, that, that first impression about French people in general. And in, in big cities, it's always like that. In big cities, yeah. everyone's stressed, everyone's ru- rushing to go to the metro and there's a lot of people and a lot of tourists. So I, I, I kind of get them, they, they get fed up. And so they go back. I mean, these tourists go back to their countries and they say, oh, French people are rude. So I had that same idea until I got to Lyon. Like, they're not that bad. So I, I get that as well. What were the biggest, biggest challenges when you got here? Yeah, uh, my the biggest challenge easily was actually socializing. Um, because I, so when I got here, my first reflex was to, you know, get on Meetup, get on Couchsurfing, get on Facebook events. And just go to as many things as I possibly could. And it was uh, outside of that that guy that I met that rented me a room. 
mm-hmm. didn't make, a, he was my only friend for an entire year. Oh. Um, and I couldn't uh, make friends. And I, you know, kind of, I lost hope uh, for a while. Um, uh, up until I went to a Sojourn event, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, I don't know if you've talked about it before on previous episodes, but. Uh, no, feel free to introduce it. Yeah. So Sojourn's uh, an expat community run by um, these uh, two ladies, Emmanuel and Zofi. Um, and it was the first place where I met people who I clicked with. Mm-hmm. And it gave me hope that, hey, I can make f- friends here. Uh, not, you know, not, not all hope is lost. And then that, so that was kind of the, the, um, the, the trigger to everything that's happened since then. Uh, and if that answers your question, what about, uh, what about you? What was your, your most difficult well, when- challenge? When I got here, I knew I was going to make friends. I mean, I, I chose Lyon because I checked before and there was a Lebanese community and a Lebanese church. Uh, okay. Even if I didn't end up going a lot to the Lebanese church, but at least I knew that the best way for me to jumpstart my social life is to go there because um, I click with them much faster. And after that, my my social circles will will develop from there will expand then uh you know i mean there's a lebanese person in every city so when i posted on instagram there's one uh, a friend that saw it and told his brother and uh, and he became my my closest friend here so for the very first year it was me and him every single day on weekends going on hikes going um, to the lakes near Annecy and and uh, and uh, chambéry and so that was a good beginning because he knew a couple of people he met at meetups. And so I had like, it was him and another friend that loves board games and I'm passionate about board games. And we would do board game nights every once in a while. Then I joined Toastmasters, uh, the okay. public speaking uh, club. So it's something I had discovered in Montreal. And I was like, okay, why not continue here? And it, I will meet people uh, from that. And now today, my, I mean, a big part of my f- uh, group of friends are from Toastmasters. Um, so now I just have way too many friends, which is great, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. It's a great problem to have. I- exactly, exactly. Um, was it easier in the other countries to make friends? Or was it always the same challenge you were finding every time? I think I think I perceived it as more difficult, uh, maybe in certain countries than other countries. And here is, I mean, I'm 31 years old, and I'm just realizing this. <laughs> but um, there's a certain kind of vibe that I like about events, and all the events that I went to, um, or the the majority of them that I went to on Facebook that were on couch surfing, that were on meetup. Um, they had a lot of things in common. One, it was a mix of people who were just kind of passing by. So you had uh, a large majority of it were language students that are only gonna be here for about three months. You've got people who um, are on a special assignments 
and they're, you know, they're not really attached Leon, but they want to go out and socialize. You've got people that can say at the last minute, you know, I don't have anything to do, so I'll go to this event. And then I, there was also the same, I don't know, uh, same five or six people who I guess were kind of in my same boat, but had a weird vibe. It was a weird, awkward, I, yeah. Uh, I didn't know how to, to interact with them, et cetera. And this is what made up a lot of the, the events. Um, so it was, it was not the kind of people that I was looking to befriend. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, I never, I think outside of one or two uh, meetups, and I went to a lot, I mean, so many, um, I never really knew who the organizer was. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It wasn't, it was kind of a faceless thing. So anytime I showed up to something, I didn't have a reference point for, okay, I know I'm going to talk to so-and-so tonight. You know what I mean? Yes. I might show up and then meet the organizer. And then the next time not see him again, you know, I didn't have really a, a reference point. Um, and so because of this, uh, I found it difficult to really connect with people. And Sojourn was um, different. Um, they have a, they're, they're, I'm actually a city ambassador for Sojourn. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, um, so it's a subscription plan. Okay. So you subscribe to Sojourn. Um, I believe it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's 15 euros a month. Um, and you get free access to the events and they plan a lot of different things. I mean, they plan photography classes, they plan uh, Aperol, okay. Aperol Francais. And um, so you get a different kind of experience. You get people who are clearly invested in making friends. You get people who um, are at a different point in their lives where they're willing to, that they can pay for something like this. So you're probably at the same economic level where you can probably do some of the same things, like maybe go on trips or go on hikes or, you know, go out to nice restaurants Mm -hmm, or whatever. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And people with very similar backgrounds that have lived in other countries that are came to Lyon and are here for, you know, for the long term. Um, so for me, that's kind of what changed things. I see. Well, when I got here, my, I had the first reflexes as, as you have. So I, I joined Meetup. I joined the group that I'm part of now, but nothing was really going on. So it was as if it was missing a leader. Um, on Meetup, I felt like most of the time someone's trying to sell you something, either a program or an idea after that, and or people were there to learn a specific things. So like, for example, real estate and investing, but we weren't there to connect. We were there to learn. And then, okay, we could speak, but these people would not stick. Like we would never get in contact even when we exchange uh, numbers and it was the same for that friend that he had tried everything he had met one person and they became friends out of all the meetups he joined and on the group it became on the facebook group it just became a group and there weren't any events because nobody was organizing them from what i understood the person that created the group ended up leaving 
and nobody took over but i'm not even sure about that yeah so from your experience would you recommend people to to try sojourn it, did it help you yeah it definitely helped me i mean it gave me faith <laughs> in people again mm-hmm. um and it also provided the kind of confidence to boost my own uh, my own group um so i would definitely recommend it um especially if you don't know anyone here it's a stable uh, community um of people uh so uh, yeah 100% i would definitely recommend it and you're not uh you know you're not locked in at any time if you don't feel the vibe then you know you can unsubscribe yeah. and that's fine definitely so um which brings me to my next question so what really motivate you to create your own community and what was behind all that so how how did the idea come up and did you do this before because you're pretty professional at at this i was really surprised like guys i to the listeners like every monday morning i get this list of events like a newsletter on my whatsapp i'm like this is crazy it's mind-blowing how how professionally you take this so what what's the story behind you wanting to build that community uh so i have actually done this before i did it uh when i was in mexico okay it was a, a language group and uh we met every wednesday at the same bar you know and it was a language exchange and um it never got to the scale and i did that for an entire year and it never really got to the scale of my cur- the current group i'm uh, running which is called not your ever average expats. So I had done it before. So I knew I, I could do it, but I just needed, I needed that catalyst that, you know, kind of push and, um, Sojourn became, became that for me. And so how I actually started it was I decided, okay, part of the, the, the problem when, cause I see a lot of posts on the expats living in Lyon group where people, kind of, you know, they post about something, they say, hey, we should get together for such, 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 such. And it's the same kind of vibe, like you, like some people will jump in and say yes, and they probably, probably get together. But if there's no continuous engine that's going, then it, it dies. Of course. Um, and I, so for me, I wanted to people, I wanted people to kind of get a feel for who I am. Um, and I, I actually did this to find uh, the current place that I'm at the, uh, my, my housemate's situation now. I, so I, instead of sending the same, you know, the same email, because when you're looking for an apartment, you send these emails and they read so many messages. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I decided to which I also did in Berlin, I decided to make a video showcasing my personality. Of course. Yeah. So I made a video saying, and it was, I don't know, a minute long, maybe, maybe probably even less than that, just saying who I was, what I liked doing, uh, you know, um, and I, I put some kind of funny stuff in there, like me, you know, cooking or me cleaning or, you know, whatever, things that you would like of in a course. housemate. Mm-hmm. And I found that that really worked. Um, because it, it, it separates you and also gives people a chance to, it it makes it easy. You don't have to read through it. 
Of course. So it's it's it doesn't. And you stand not, you stand out of of the crowd because nobody's doing that. As you said, people are sending the same message over and over again. And again, as we said earlier, you don't want to be wrong about the person. But here, they know the person. They know how dedicated you are, how ambitious you are, because like it gives this impression that you really, really want this. Um, so that's a brilliant idea. That's a very nice tip. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I decided to start posting um, questions on the expats mm -hmm. and Leon group uh, related to expat things um, to kind of give people a feel for my personality. And then, so th I used that as the catalyst to start my own group. And I started it with um, drinks on drinks on drinks. Yeah. Uh, which I started, I actually started in September of last year, but because of the second mm. lockdown, uh, you know, we couldn't continue. So we only got through, I think, two or three events. And so um, all the current members now, I think not all of them, but I mean, the majority of them weren't the same ones that were back in um, September. Okay. Um, you know, because you, you lose touch, you know, it's, it's, I think we were on lockdown for what, I don't know, six or seven months, something like yeah, that, where yeah. bars and restaurants weren't open. And uh, so, so yeah, so I started with drinks on drinks again, and then um, added the second event, put it in my mouth, which is where we, where we uh, try new restaurants, a uh, new restaurant every two weeks in Lyon. Um, and uh, yeah, so I started with those two, those two event series that happen every two weeks and uh, you know, had people instead of just creating a Facebook event where everyone can say whether they're going or they're not going, I decided, okay, I'm going to do this by message because I want that kind of engagement. I want people that are willing to engage with me to come to my events. I don't want people who just want it so easy that they're, they yeah. can click a button two seconds before the event or not even click the button. Just and not even show up. Yeah. Yeah. Most or, of them don't or, show up. Yeah. Right. Right. Or, you know, just turn up um, and have, and have no, I have no reference points point mm. for who this person is. They have no reference point for who I am. They just know this is an event where I can go. So I didn't want that. Um, I felt that it was better to connect with people one-on-one. -on -one yeah, more personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I, I more or less ask the same questions when someone contacts me. You know, where are you from? Where? You, uh, how long you stay? Have you been in Lyon? And what brought you here? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's. I mean, that's how it started, and um, I just continued that using. I guess uh, using that kind of social currency of, okay, I want to make a connection with you. Yeah. This is how we're going to do this group and um, continued with that. And it's been really great so far, uh, mm. the kind of people that that vibe attracts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So just for the listeners, the group we're talking about is for the moment, expats living in Lyon. So that's the group. Um, that we've been mentioning so far. I've been to two events um, that Walt has uh, has organized. I really like that I made new friends um, that I'm still in contact with, even if the past month 
I didn't really go to the events because I was traveling and work and, you know, September in, in Europe, everything yeah. picks up again. But what's really nice is that I haven't showed up, but these people are texting me to know if I'm going to the next one. And yeah. this is really nice because when you do this, you're, you're sending these events to select, but serious and dedicated expats and they're showing up. And at the end, we start going to meet friends, not just meet new friends, but to meet friends we've made in the past events. And that's really strengthens the community, which we did not have before this, before you came to the group is that, as you said, you might get 10 people every time, but they're not the same people, which makes it harder for other people to come. And it, it, you'll have events that are successful, but it will not strengthen the bonds between the expats. And it will not, um, it will not create a community. It will just create events. Exactly. And uh, just correct me if I'm wrong, but people need to upgrade or to earn their spot in the not your average expat or is it an open group at the moment so they they you're right uh mm -hmm. they do need to earn their spot now um and it's not uh it's not from the reference point of uh well we think we're so awesome we should put a barrier <laughs> uh but more that um the events were becoming so successful that people were like you know at the drinks on drinks events they're like, there's 60 people here. I feel like it's speed dating. Yeah. I would prefer prefer it if we could just kind of slow it down. Let me get to know the people that, you know, are mm -hmm. actually part of the group. And then, you know, and let people slowly trickle here, trickle in here or there. And it also, so the three, so you need to come to three events before you before yeah. you're added to the Facebook group and the messenger group. You're promoted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, because there's also, and it happens, I mean, uh, where there are people that come to one event, they're added to the group, and then you never hear from them again. Yeah. And I don't want, particularly in the group, I don't want uh, what we would call lurkers. Yeah. People who can see everything that's going on, but don't participate, don't uh, come to events. And they, you know, they might, may be able to comment, but when you see a comment, you're like, who, who yeah, is this? I like, get it. Mm. Yeah. So it weeds out kind of the one and done people. Mm. Um, Cause if you show up to three events, you're obviously invested in wanting to be part, you know, part of this community wanting you've made some connection, you would assume um and uh yeah the and it's not just uh so also when we did the three the three event rule we started making a lot more of the events private so i would say about 70 percent of the events are actually uh private um that we don't post on facebook um we've done uh bowling we've done a pool party yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, potluck that I host at my place. When you say posted on Facebook, you mean posted on the expats living in Lyon or posted on the average or just not posted at all? Yeah, no, we don't post it on the, the expats living in Lyon group. Okay. It's mm -hmm. just for our private, you know, um, not your average expats uh, events group. You know, the drinks on drinks, put it in my mouth. Those are still, you know, public events.
there's several others. I mean, karaoke, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. we're going to do some trips to a trip to Strasbourg, a trip to, you know, go skiing. Um, we want those to be, you know, you don't want to go on those kind of do those kind of things with complete of course. strangers. Of course so. not. And for the put it in my mouth, I mean, I'm always jealous because I always want to be there. But I started a diet a month ago. And so I'm trying not to get tempted. But every time I see it, it looks awesome. I love food. That's why I'm on a diet. And uh, and I love trying out new things. And with people, we can discuss it and all. That's pretty cool. So I'm one. Uh, I need one more event to get promoted. That's what I noted down. Uh, because I've been to two events. Oh, no, 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 man. No. So, so you, you're, you're already in, we, we, we didn't, you, you're already in, we, we did that before, uh, we did that after you were in, so you're good. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, can someone get demoted then? And does he get a, a warning or just a reminder? Like, do you want to still be here? Like some kind of wake up, uh, like, do you want to show up or do you not want to show up? Do I give you a spot for someone else? And is there a limit? Of people. For sure. So, so I, I don't, I, what I want for this community is for everyone to feel like this community is here for them, regardless of what's going on in their life, regardless mm -hmm. of, you know, whether they show up, uh, you know, often, not so often, but what I do want is some kind of engagement. So I have, I have kicked people from the group that only showed up to one event and then never heard from them again. Didn't see they they're not even looking at the messenger group. They're not looking at anything. They're just, you know, Lurkers. they're not really in the group. Yeah. Um, and I've given, and I, the majority of people when I've kicked them from the group had said, Hey, you know, this has been going on. So I'm going to be at these events and I've let them back into the group. Um, I've, I've given some people warn. Some people are still on warnings, mm. and uh, you know if they don't show up, yeah, of course I'm gonna I'm gonna kick them from the group. But yeah, of course. Um, when you kind of get to know people, you realize that people have a lot of things going on in their lives, and they really do want to be connected. But it's 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 difficult. It's uh, mm -hmm. especially with the pandemic. But they can they can be involved in in different ways because you know like I was interested in the basketball. I mean, we'll do the list of events at the end, but I was interested in the pickup basketball. I'm interested in most of the things you propose, but I'm, I'm in sales and I travel every single week, at least three to four days a week. So my, I understand what you're saying, definitely, but I can add value in something else like this podcast, for example, yeah. like um, just commenting, motivating others to do things, uh, just be there without really being there, but yeah. don't lurk. Um, exactly. So that I totally agree with you. Um, so you said we several times, is it not just you? I thought you were the only one doing this. So do you have a team now? No, I mean, I, I, it's a, it's, it's not a literal we, but uh, there is uh, so Tuan, I don't know if you, yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tuan is uh, my partner in this and he's helping me. He's French. So yeah. he really helped me a lot with the organizing. Cause my, my French is, my French is decent. I'm yeah. like kind of hovering around B1. I'm not an A2, mm. I would say solid B1 level, but uh, he just knows a lot more things, how to organize things. Um, and he's really invested in the group. I mean, he's been, 
if I've been to every event, he's been, he's the, he's the second one behind me. Yeah. yeah he yeah. goes to everything. And he's very motivated. Very, very cool guy. I should, I should have him on, the, on this show. Um, okay. Awesome. Do you have, since we're mentioning the French, then I'll go back to, to the events and the community. Do you have any tips um, for people who want to learn French? Because uh, French is not a phonetic language, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would definitely recommend um, consuming a lot of French media. So okay. that means movies, books, documentaries, news, whatever. Because if you, and this is the mistake that I kind of made, because I learned German and Spanish, yeah. also Portuguese, um, prior to learning French. And my strongest skill has always been speaking. Because I make sure that I, in when I lived in Germany, I didn't speak with anyone in, in English. I only spoke in German. Nice. In Colombia, I only spoke in Spanish. Um, and in Brazil, I only spoke in P Portuguese. And doing that here helps. But when someone speaks to you in French and says something, if there's words that you don't recognize you're not going to commit those words to memory because you have no idea how they are written. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I never thought about it that way, but you're, you're definitely right. Yeah. Right. Like you take the word fit, right? Now, if you have, maybe if you have a context, if you don't have any context, however, there's no, if I say uh, something like, vous faites, une fête cette soirée, you have no idea how to write that. It could be written <laughs> written F-A-I-T-E-S or it could be written F with the circumflex E-T-E. Yeah, definitely. So your tip would be to watch, okay, consume, but with subtitles. Yeah, with subtitles. Read so that when you see a word, you're like, okay, this is, this is what it is. Um, and so that when you hear that word again, you have an idea of how to spell it. Of course. So that you can commit it to memory. Plus, what I really like um, about this technique is that it's conversational French. It's what you're going to use. Because that's another challenge with the French language that written and oral, besides the spelling, is that emails are still extremely formal today. In the yeah. industry I work in, at least, is that in the States, you send a message to a client, an email to a client, you just, you're like, hey, I want this, thank you, bye. Here, you have a lot of expressions of formalities and je tiens à vous remercier, you know? and it, it's like, the, if you know how to write for the professional world, doesn't mean you know how to speak. And if you learn from reading literature um, or even French books, they don't really teach you how, the slang, the conversational, um, and they speak very different from what they write. That's what I felt. Um, exactly. Exactly. Great. Well, then, since, yeah. Yeah. And then you have the, I mean, texting in French, which is a whole other <laughs> exactly. level. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, since we're speaking about languages, this is a good segue for uh, the list of events. You can start with anything but English and give us um, everything that you, all the type of events. And if you want to say just, the upcoming ones so that the listeners can can um, get motivated. But I think what's important is the type of event because I don't know when they will listen to this and the dates sure. might, might go. But just give us an idea of what type of events they can expect. 
Yeah. So we have um, a few different series events, four series of events. So we have uh, Drinks on Drinks on Drinks, which is uh, meeting up for a drink in a bar and, uh, you know, just meeting the other people of the group, uh, other expats. We have uh, Put It In My Mouth, which is where we try a new restaurant in Lyon um, every two weeks. And we actually vote, we put in suggestions and then vote on the restaurant that we're going to. We have uh, Quit Playing With Me, which is mm -hmm. uh, anything game related. So we've done a few different versions. We've done one, one um, with board games. We've done one in the park with uh, Molki and Petank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we've done uh, one that we actually made private um, for bowling. Yeah. Um, so there's that one. And then our fourth series is um, anything but English. Mm. Uh, because all of our events are, you know, no, mainly... Yeah, mainly in English. So, so it's more of a language language exchange event. So yeah, they can speak language. everything and, and you speak with someone who knows Spanish, so you practice your Spanish. And that's really cool. That's yeah. really, really cool. Well, here's an idea for you for the for the quit okay. quit playing with me. It's much it's harder to organize, but it could be a nice special um quit playing with me event. Um do a murder mystery dinner. Oh, murder mystery dinner. Yeah, that, that actually is a really good idea. But then you have to limit. We can't show up with 120 people. No, um, no of course not. But I could, I could help you with that because I, I've done one before and I love it. And I think it would be nice. It, it could be like a, a Christmas special. Yeah, that's actually so a really we'll, good idea. We'll Give talk another about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give people a chance, uh, probably a chance to dress up. I don't know if you dress up for those for that kind of thing the last time i did it i did i was a mafioso in new york um okay. and i went all in i, I actually bought uh, a suit that was uh, from the 1920s um from a thrift shop uh, so yeah but we'll talk about it offline but i think that could be a, a fun event to do um yeah before the end of the year but anyways, um, great. So these are the four series um, of events, but then you have specials, you know, like the trip to Strasbourg, the ski yeah. event. Yeah, uh, we have Ultimate Frisbee going on. We went to go see Dune and IMAX. There was a pool party. There was bowling. Um, I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. Yeah. <laughs> um, karaoke. Um, we're going to have a quiz night, uh, trivia quiz trivia nights that's um, nice mm. yeah and so just anything that anyone comes up with uh we pretty much i pretty much organize it uh because i love people giving their ideas and things that they want to see so they feel part of the community it's not just you know me and tuan mm. organizing it and saying well this is what we're going to do it's it's uh it's organization by by committee so uh awesome yeah. Great. So what, what do people need to do um, to get there? So I, I would suggest first to join the expats living in Lyon if they're not already part of it. Yeah. I, I will put the link to the group uh, in the show notes of, of okay. this episode. Then show up to the open events um, that you're organizing. Like I think all the series events are, are pretty much open. Pretty much, we've we started limiting now um, per person um, to for like the drinks on drinks to eight new people per event. Mm. 
Okay. But um, for instance, the anything but English is completely open. Mm. Um, Ultimate Frisbee is completely open. And then the put it in my mouth is three, three new people per event. But, uh, you know, because you it's always... harder to organize and we need to prioritize those that are already in. Um, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, yeah, but once you're in, uh, there's unlimited availability. There's not, uh, there's no waiting list for the people that are in the group. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and uh, you can always message me, uh, send me a friend request and message me. Um, if you're interested in a certain event that we haven't planned the date yet, but you want to be a part of that event, you can always message me and I'll, I'll do something for you. Okay. Awesome. Um, so for the moment, I'll just say expats living in Lyon. Uh, join that and then you eventually get access to not your average expat group yeah um so you prefer they if they want to find you connect with you um you prefer facebook right yeah yeah okay at walter hampton i'll i'll put your um well your name will be in the title of the episode um okay and just my last question about the community um is there a a long-term goal for the community is or do you have something in mind of becoming something more official like sojourn or um, international or are you just doing it for fun because as i said you're pretty professional you're putting a lot of time in it is there a long-term vision for this uh right now it's just i mean the motivation behind it was uh to make a group of friends and mm. so so far that's that's the only thing um that I, I see for the group. Uh, I love doing stuff like this, like mm-hmm. doing podcasts with you. Yeah. Um, so uh, if I can blow it up bigger to the point where, you know, it gets some kind of uh, city, rec- you know, recognition, that would be great. My hope is that, uh, you know, any expat that comes to Leon knows about our group prior to coming to Leon and can use it as, as an outlet um, to connect. Yeah, well, it is It is a pretty awesome community. I, I've been in it, so I can say that uh, with all confidence. Um, plus, you involve um, everyone in the community pretty much and in every decision, which is very, very nice. Um, so the title came from a poll uh, where people yeah. could suggest other titles. And well, that one got the most um, yeah. the most votes but you see like it's it's really nice that you involve everyone everyone has a small thing to 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 contribute to this community and and that's awesome so let's uh, let's close with my signature question uh Lyon to me is blank fill in the blank uh Lyon to me is home home yeah yeah it's awesome. home man I'm, that's nice to hear. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere mm. Well, that's yeah. good for us. For for the expats community, that's the best news they can hear uh, today, that you're not going anywhere. Because before you came along, it was pretty dead on the expat scene. So um, thank you very, very much for doing this interview. Um, hope to see you very soon at one of your events. Um, I'll check the newsletter you sent uh, la- yesterday and let you know. Um, so thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate yes, it. Sir. And this is it for episode two. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the episode details in the show notes. To keep up with new episodes and updates, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Expats in Lyon 
or on Facebook at the Expats in Lyon podcast. If you have any suggestions, feedback, or if there are any specific topics you would like to hear on the show, let us know by using the form in the show notes. Also, if you are interested in being interviewed for the show, you can find the guest application form in the show notes as well. Finally, if you like the show, make sure you tell your friends about it. And now, in the famous words of Napoleon, Lyonnais, je vous aime. Until next time.